You're listening to the Hot Oral Podcast Network on HotOral.com. With an AU. Hi, everybody. Uh, Welcome to the first official episode of People We Know. It's a uh, podcast where every week a different guest will pick a fictional character from any medium, uh, television, film, literature, comic books, video games, cartoons. Hell, I'll even uh, I'll even take uh, fictional characters from songs. Like if somebody wants to talk about uh, uh, Bobby McGee, well, we'll do that. So um, yeah, it's uh, this is I'm really excited about this uh, episode specifically, of, not just because it's the first one that we'll put up, but also because uh, the guest on it was a good friend of mine, Devin Blake, stand-up comic, and our co-host was uh, great comic Monica Scott, who also runs a couple of shows, the End of the World show at Bar Lubitsch, and the Unnecessary Evil show at the Westside Comedy Theater. And they're both really great people, uh, friends of mine, uh, and they were wonderful guests to have on. Um, the topic, the person of interest this week, the person we know was Job Bluth from the television series Arrested Development, which just had its fourth season air to uh, uh, very mixed reviews, I guess, on Netflix. Um, I personally liked the season, and uh, I found that the Job episodes were probably my favorite episodes. So it was really good to have Devin on. He was a great guest. And um, before we get into it, though, I just want to mention real quick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do this every week where I talk about a new obsession that I have, a new fictional character that I've just recently discovered that I, uh, that I enjoy a lot. And this week, for the first episode, it's uh, this character, Eric, from the comic book The Cape, which is by Joe Hill, written by Joe Hill, who's Stephen King's son who also has an amazing uh, comic series called Lock and Key that is currently in its last uh, chapter. Uh, the last few issues are coming out uh, this year, and uh, it's been a, that comic's been a real, real crazy ride. If you haven't checked it out yet, I highly recommend you get into Lock and Key. It's fantastic. Um, and this, this comic, The Cape, is a comic that came out a while ago. It's in hardcover form now. It's been put out by IDW Publishing. And um, it's based on a short story that Joe Hill wrote uh, by the same name that appears in the anthology collection 20th Century Ghosts that is also just really fantastic. There's a whole lot of interesting ideas uh, going on there, some great stories. And The Cape is probably one of my favorite ones from the collection. It's um, It kind of takes the superhero uh, origin story and turns it on its head and creates a very interesting... I'm not going to call him an anti-hero because the guy is straight up a villain. And uh, it's it's a really fun... Uh, the, the short story is very fun in a very malicious, cruel, evil kind of way. I'm not going to give anything away. But, um, uh, well, I might have already given too much away just by saying he's a villain. Anyway, the character's name is Eric. And um, he's, uh, he's sort of a, a slacker in his 20s he's uh, kind of like a sits around drinks beer plays video game type which I can definitely relate to and um, it's sort of like what if someone he lives his whole life he's lived in the shadow of his older brother who's much more successful and much more uh, socially skilled than he is and it's sort of like what if a character like that 
was in possession of, of an amazing superpower. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's really, it goes to some really dark places. The comic book starts, the first issue is basically the short story uh, that Joe Hill wrote. And then there's three more issues after it. It's a four-issue miniseries that has also been collected into a hardcover anthology, um, well, a hardcover collection. And uh, after the first issue, it kind of goes off of the short story ending to explore what would happen next. And it goes to some really harsh, dark places. And it gets to the point where you have absolutely no sympathy for this guy, but you just, you cannot stop being fascinated by him and the choices he's making. And uh, so Eric from uh, the comic book miniseries The Cape... Uh, nothing to do with the TV show, by the way. It has nothing to do with it if you're if you're uh, apprehensive about checking it out because of that. It's its own thing. I definitely recommend reading the short story in 20th Century Ghosts, and I definitely, definitely recommend either picking up the hardcover collection or tracking down the single issues of The Cape, where you see this guy, Eric. Just, uh, I don't want to, I'm not going to give anything away, but that's my obsession right now, is Eric from The Cape. And uh, without any more uh, uh, delaying of your time, let's go ahead and get into the episode where we talk to Devin Blake and Monica Scott about this person we know named Joe Bluth from the television series Arrested Development. Welcome back to the People We Know podcast on the Hot Oral Podcast Network. I am your host, Andy Sell, and uh, in the studio today, my guest is Mr. Devin Blake, stand-up comic and general roustabout. Hello. And uh, our co-host today is the lovely Monica Scott, who co-produces the End of the World show, which is moving to Bar Lubitsch for the summer, and the Unnecessary Evil show... Where are these things? <laughs> what time? At, the, at Westside Comedy Theater oh, that on is Fridays. It is at Westside yeah. on Fridays. Yeah. And then uh, End of the World is... Move, also... move into Sundays at 8.30. Sundays at 8.30 yeah. at Bar Lubitsch. Yeah. Um, I'm knocking the table over. Uh, and also, say hi, John. Hey! John's our, our producer, engineer, and mastermind, John Veron. And today we're going to be talking about the one and only Job Bluth. From the television series Arrested Development, you got anything you want to say before? <laughs> well, I just just found out that G O B stands for George, George Oscar. Oscar Bluth. Was that in one through three, or what? Did it just come out in four? No, they they called him it was in the beginning. I it was think. in the was beginning. It? Okay, yeah. yeah. Sorry, you missed well, that. My bad. I know so I'm, much about this character. I'm behind <laughs> behind on my game. All right. Um. Well, I'll, we'll get into the questions then. We'll just we'll just. Go right into it. Sure. Um, well, we already said who the character was, Joe Bluth. Why did you choose this character? What is there a reason? Uh, I just lo- I fell in love with him ever since I met him. <laughs> um, he's just uh, as a character, I think he's great because that's such a perfect combination of sexy and cute. Totally sexy. No. Perfect combination of. Uh, <laughs> Of just total blind confidence, <laughs> and so, he's so easily hurt. You know what I mean? Like yeah. his feelings are so easily hurt, and he's so and magician is such a perfect like because it's so flamboyant 
and there's so much opportunity to look like an idiot. So like, <laughs> it's just such a perfect. And so from like the character point of like from the point of view of a fan of the show, that's just such a perfect char- like char- character traits. But also just like like if he was a real person, it'd be he'd be so awful to be around but also like really sympathetic you know what i mean like yeah. I, he's it's a, a really enjoyable <laughs> you know, he, to get to know him he's also i mean he's all that blind confidence though is like completely to mask his horrifying insecurity <laughs> right. yeah like he's just and his he, yeah his father issues yeah. and he just <laughs> he, he just wants yeah. someone to tell him he's good it's not, it really is, <laughs> it's tragic yeah it's he's a he's a tragic figure he's yeah. he's 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 like a shakespearean yes protagonist Super relatable <laughs> yeah he is really relatable well especially for stand up comics right. i think yeah. too that's the other thing is that is it well cuz you meet a lot of people with that level of delusion you know what i mean yeah, oh, yeah you do yeah. yeah you do i would argue that probably if he were if he were made a stand up comic on the show, it would be more like he'd be too real. See now you're <laughs> now you're dropping the ball because he did have a comedy act <coughs> with Franklin he, yeah. that he got. Oh yeah, didn't he got beaten up out of outside a comedy club in Torrance? What was it? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. What was the line? Because uh, he said something African American wasn't ready to hear yet. <laughs> Um, so he kind of was. Yeah, well, yeah. I think but that no, at some point, probably point, in the early stages of developing that character, he probably was just a stand-up comic right. at some point. And they were like, well, we got to get a little sillier with this. Oh, you mean the writers? Yeah. Because I can see, because like, you know people, you, come on. You know people like him in the scene. Yeah. You do. <laughs> it, yeah. No names. We won't do that. No. But, but I'll do it. Here we go. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, I like him because he reminds me of my brother. He's like, yeah, you keep saying that. What? Like, there was actually, um, there was a picture that my brother posted on Facebook that was, um, was a picture of, of Job and, uh, Michael, um, Jason Bateman. And it was the, it was a picture from a scene where Job is like, he's got his hands up in the Mm -hmm. air and he's like doing a thing, like, like a kaboom kind of deal. Yeah. And, um. Trademark Richard the Sea, um, <laughs> and then and Michael just like has his arms crossed, looking disapproving, which to me sums up their entire relationship yeah. on the show. But my brother posted this picture on Facebook, and then tagged himself as Job mm-hmm. and tagged his friend Greg as uh, as Michael. And I saw this picture, and for like a month, a good month, I thought it was literally a picture of them because it, <laughs> it also looked just like them too, which is. <laughs> Weird. They don't look that much like these characters, but they in the pic. It was a small enough picture that I was like, "Oh, this is a great picture of Greg and and Gavin." Look at <laughs> look at them being silly. <laughs> yeah. And Gavin, nice I said that, jacket. and Gavin was just like, "Um, this is that's Joe, that's Will Arnett <laughs> yeah. and Jason Bateman." <laughs> and um, but he, and then it's when it hit me, like he's the same person. Does he act like him? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he do magic? No, <laughs> he doesn't do magic. Yet. Does he wear Birkenstocks though? I don't know. Probably. Yeah. What's the, what's the segue? He gets away around in a segue. segue? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> How many swords does he have? <laughs> <laughs> but he's the same like personality. But like you know, times a hundred, Job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. He's not that bad. <laughs> but he he's you know he likes he's you know anyway. Uh, when did you uh, when when did you first encounter this character? How old were you? When did you? 
when did the show started in 2003 three yeah so like i saw a few episodes like halfway through that first season when it first aired well you watched through the from the beginning then yeah you were one of the uh yeah. you were not one, one of, of the, the 20 people mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah uh i actually how old were you in 2003 i was tell us your age oh i'm 29 <laughs> now so what's that 10 years ago 19 um wow and then you oh, know i was man. a big fan of it but you couldn't would try and watch it when it was on mm-hmm. it's so weird like you forget that like you now if you want to you can watch all 60 episodes yeah but back then yeah. it was like there you was, forget that you had to wait DVR. which made it kind of like an event you know what i mean that's what yeah um did you did you watch it with people or did well you... see that's the thing is i so then would like catch it when i could and then you know they were always changing the times and you couldn't figure out when it was but then um the it was the last season the third season when that started that's when i started watching it like all like like making it a plan to watch it and with like my first uh First real girlfriend. We bonded really oh, strong over sweet. over that's the sweet. show. Well, it ends terribly. But, um, you made a huge mistake. <laughs> I made, well, was her name Marta? <laughs> um, was it Amy Poehler? Were you dating Amy Poehler? <laughs> uh, bonded over that, and especially over Joe. Um, so it was nice. Fun, fun memories of like uh, the when they were originally airing. No. And uh, getting that's interesting. I didn't. Home. I didn't watch it when it originally. Aired. I remember I saw like an episode or two because I had roommates that would watch it, but I didn't. <clears throat> well, part part of why it's why it was harder to get into it, I think, when it was originally airing, is because that's that, a show like that. You have to watch like four episodes mm-hmm. in a well, row you, to you, even you, like get you, the rhythm exactly. And, like, and, you, yeah. and there's so many callbacks you, and call yeah. like forwards, and you kind of have to watch it from the beginning as well, mm-hmm. like yeah, because you, you have because yeah, because of all the running gags, all the reference, all the you know contained references. It's even those like little like two second songs are call, you know callbacks yeah. you know what uh-huh. i mean so yeah. it's What's your time such to me? <laughs> it's such on three everybody um it's such a deep and and rich show it's it's so it was you know it kind of makes sense why it was hard for people to get into because mm-hmm. you couldn't build up the, well, that's why, that I think that's why the show canceled it didn't it couldn't get a following because mm-hmm. people couldn't just watch an episode and, and they would yeah. get, like, that's what happened to me is I, I remember I sat down and tried to watch it with my roommates once and I was just like, and you were like what is I don't happening? know what the fuck is happening in this thing. Like, <laughs> I guess it's funny, but I don't understand it. Uh, and then later on, I was working for a company and we had like screener movies or screener discs of, for like Emmy consideration and stuff and I put one on. And watched three episodes in a row. I was like laughing. Yeah. yeah, I was like I was laughing so yeah. hard at my desk. I was crying. It's like, so great because there there was there's never been anything on TV that looks looks mm-hmm. or is like that. Yeah, it was well, it was it was very revolutionary yeah. at the time. Like it, it was <clears throat> comedy didn't television comedies sitcoms weren't like that. Well, like, yeah, and just like all like the of so many jokes are like nature. backwards. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you see the punchline for it, which is insane. Like yeah. no one would ever. <laughs> ever think to do that and just like the balls on those people to to like not only have a punchline but then have uh the setup that it's referring to three episodes later yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly well then this new season they did more of that as far as like 
So you wouldn't get a joke in right. an episode. Like the joke, the full joke wasn't there right. until like five episodes later. And then you would be like, oh, I forgot this happened. But sure. oh, okay, now I get it. Right. Like it was, I don't know. It's a lot of engineering going it into went the more, jokes. Yeah, it, yeah. Went, it went more, it went deeper with that in yeah. the new season. Um, where were you? Where were you at? Let's take it. Let's let's. What was nineteen-year-old Devin Blake like? Where at the time? Like mm, what? What about? Was there something earnest. about the character that struck you? Uh, where you were going through at that time? Now I was always just like a big, huge fan of comedy. Um, <laughs> I hate comedy. I don't know why. <laughs> don't identify. Meaning with that. like it, like it. Oh, shut up, Andy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> now, just like it was, you know, for for anybody that was a big fan of comedy, like. Even shows that were great, like Seinfeld, like this was just nothing like anything. Like we were just saying, um, so it meant a lot. It was like it was like a thrilling kind of experience to mm-hmm. to find that show. Were you like a writery nineteen year old? Um, <laughs> because I feel like Arrested Development. Do I was have like... poems? Is that what you're asking? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do I have some with me? Also, yes. Um, we'll, 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 get, we'll get into some Devin Blake poetry. <laughs> you, you have a, you have a, you have like the name of like an 18th century. Right. I think English Devin, poet. I, you know what? <laughs> Devin gonna, Blake I'm going to probably... blow your mind. I think Devin means poet in Gaelic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was going on with me? Uh, Where were you the, at? Where in the middle of college. I, I have, I have memories of watching it in my apartment, um, towards the end of college. Where did you is, go to college? Uh, CSUN, Cal okay. State Northridge. Okay. Uh, the Matador, that's Matadors. Uh, no football team. No, no, there's a basketball team. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so I have memories of watching it in that apartment, which is where I live. This is going to get, this is going to be a real emotional podcast now. I love it. Um, I want you to cry. Which is where <laughs> I lived with that girl. Uh-huh. Uh, which which, where, and she was your first real girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How um, long had you been seeing each other? We, okay, so we moved in. Um, when we moved in together, we we moved in together because of a third person we both knew, and so it was the three of us living there. And um, were you dating when you moved in together? No, I had met her. Whoa, oh, you, you started dating you your dated roommate, your right? Roommate, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> we're so mad at you, right? You now. don't even fuck roommates. Don't That's... try and tell nineteen-year-old Devin what to do. Okay. <laughs> He'll write so many poems about it. It'll make um, felt like and this Arrested Development. Well, one of the reasons I, I liked her so much because she was funny and she thought that stuff was funny. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this girl's awesome. Um, I bonded then, with a girlfriend over Arrested Development right. too. I, I mean, it's hard not to like somebody who doesn't like that show. And then on the other hand, if somebody doesn't like it, it's going to be. I'm suspicious of them. If you know what I mean, I almost don't know if they're smart. By the way, right. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you, Devin Blake, for having the professionalism to chew gum while you're uh, on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're a monster. Oh god. <laughs> no, I have to. Oh, you shamed him no, out of his sweet, sweet gum. I was gonna let that ride until the end, and then make a comment about it, but. No, I'm. I'm a. No, I feel like a dick. No, you don't. He's chewing gum on a podcast. <laughs> into that was a, a that live, was a very joke. Into a live mic. Uh, well, I'm sick, so you both can feel bad about that. No, <laughs> um, I'm not sick. Um, yeah, bonded with her over that, over how funny uh, she thought it was, and uh, 
one of my fondest memories is I think the first episode of the third season when that aired. This is like like it was only like a two month long relationship, so this was like when we were like deep in the middle of it. It broke my like heart. It the, broke my heart. The so lease bad. was she up, and they had two to... months. Two months. What? Is... It's not even a girlfriend. Yes. Don't. <laughs> Don't be judgmental. Don't. I'm sorry. The lease I'll... ended. They're 19. <laughs> yeah, we broke up. Isn't that enough for you? Don't take. Don't take away the concept okay, of a sorry. relationship. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Um, but it's, but one of my. But, you know, now it's barely a girlfriend. <laughs> uh, longest relationship I've ever had. Oh. No. <laughs> That's not true at all. No. Um, one of the fondest memories I had was uh, the first season, the first episode of the third season. I remember uh, watching that and loving it, and then going to uh, get her from her class, and because we lived right across the street, and uh, uh, you make, watched it without her making out with yeah, uh, making out with her in the park, and then t- talking to her about the episode afterwards. <laughs> that's, <laughs> oh, that's sweet, isn't it? Yeah, it's. it's yeah, for a, it's a equal parts relationship. sweet and sad. Yeah. <laughs> How is that sad? <laughs> Only because we. Broke well, I mean, up. that's well, you. Cause you're you, okay you're, you're, now, right? You're, you're, like, you're, like, yes, do okay, I, yeah. I'm just you're no, 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 underlining like, this as one of your fondest memories. This is no, it's just like a sweet. No, that, that is good. Actually, that's yeah. I, well, who are you to say what memories? I know I I'm an can idiot. And cannot. Well, have. I watch the thing is too is that when I watch Arrested Development, I think of my ex a lot because we that we we bonded over this show too. I mean. Tell and us about it. Yeah, and I'm not going to because it's because you're the guest. We can't have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> not about that. Guys, um, I've never met a guy that was like impressed. I liked Arrested Development. I feel probably, like where yeah, were you guys when I was 19? Well, because probably also, because also, <laughs> did you watch from the beginning? Yeah. Or did you start? You were one of the ones that started yeah. at the beginning too. Yeah. You people are so weird to me. Well, you're also How you're dare you? not not weird <laughs> to me. I. I I was at a point in my life where, like, for 10 years, I didn't watch TV. And it wasn't it wasn't one of those well, dicks that was like, one. I don't watch <laughs> yeah. TV. I just didn't fucking have time for it. I was doing too much other shit. That's still kind of dickish to say. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I was writing a lot of poetry. I watched I was... a lot of TV. I didn't have anything going on. Well, I did that for years, and then, yeah. then like, college, and then for a while after college, I just didn't. I also couldn't afford it. Oh, I skipped college. That's time. what it is. Oh, that's what you <laughs> just watch TV. I had <laughs> tons of time to watch TV. Good work. You made the right decision. <laughs> I just skipped college and had, like, a crappy part-time job. Well, now who's laughing? You. Yeah, I win. Because I have, I have student loans and a worthless <laughs> degree from cool. a school that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, what school? College of Santa Fe. Oh, yeah. Santa Fe, like Mexico. Yeah, it's not, not around now. <laughs> the buildings are still there, but now it's Santa Fe University of Art and Design, which is Safuad. <laughs> was it an art school when you went there? Yeah. 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 If it you're going to name a school, you should really think about the acronym ahead of yeah, time. No. You should also think about not having it in New Mexico. Sure. <laughs> um, okay, so that's where you were at in life. Mm-hmm. You were you were in your Furnace. first... You were in, in your love. first. You were in love. You were in your first Excited real relationship. You were striking out on your own. Still in college. So, what year in college were you? I think that third season was my senior year of college. That's impossible. No, my senior year was two thousand three. No, right. th- okay, that was the first year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I graduated when the fr- and I, w- I went to school for an extra year. Oh yeah. yeah, it took me five years to graduate <laughs> there are so from a many, fucking art school. <laughs> so many uh, strands of stories that you're you're laying down that I would like to follow. Oh well, it'll come out piece by piece, I'm sure. 
Um, let's talk about Job some more. What is the... Okay, we already... We asked you why you chose the character. What does the character mean to you? <laughs> that's, a, that's a vague question. Do you have a poem it? about it? Mm, I do. <laughs> what does Job mean to me? Um, what have you learned from the... Is there anything that you've, like, learned from the character? Has the character taught you anything about yourself and about living life? Uh, let's see. He's not afraid to feel. You know, he's not afraid to... Uh, when he's happy, he's happy. When he's, That's true. When he's sad, yeah. he's sad. And uh, he's... He's got a terrible poker face. Almost when he right. lies, because he lies a lot. Right. And but you can always... Lies. But yeah. you can always tell he's lying, so, because... Right. Yeah. It's a very childlike. He's very childlike. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is charming. And I like that he, you know, he, he his, the affection of his family means a lot to him. You know what I mean? Like uh -huh. when Michael is encouraging to him, it means a lot to yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so he really is, uh, on, on some level, very sweet and honest. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm trying to get to the father issues stuff. <laughs> with me? <laughs> You thought you thought the way I deal with my father issues is via Joe Bloom. <laughs> you could have yeah, just yeah, yeah. We do think that. I'm, look, I'm not Mark Maron here, but I'm. I want to make you cry. <laughs> uh, well, there are very few similarities between their relationship and my relationship with my father. <laughs> Come on, Andy. How dare you make me talk like that? <laughs> Uh, well, is this the next question? What's the deal with your dad? What's the deal <laughs> What's with, my, with my gone dad? dad? My gone-ass dad? <laughs> gone-ass dad. You call him Gad? G-A-D? Yeah. Um, is that serious? Do you want me to talk about that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, talk about what you want to talk about. Well, I, I, that's part of why his, the affection of his brother, I think, means a lot. because his dad never gave it to him. Mm -hmm. and, you know, he's always trying to make them fight. And uh, one of my favorite moments of the show is when he's, uh, he thinks he's building, no, 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 when, well, you know, when he thinks he's building a train mm -hmm. with, uh, oh, yeah. with the dad, oh, but he's yeah. building with Buster and yeah. the uh, intermediate or whatever his name is. Um, and he's, he's say, he just like looks into the camera and says, it's all I've ever wanted from you, dad. And like, <laughs> he's like fogging up the camera and then the dad, you see the dad change the channel. <laughs> I always, I always, I like the the moment in when he goes to the prison, and they play catch, right? And they have that moment, and then White Power, right? White, oh yeah, White, was it White Power White Bob? Power White Bill? Power Bill, Bill, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shanks him and says White Power, but I'm white. <laughs> when there's that moment where he's playing catch. That's another thing too, is that he's you know, Job. Biblical reference here. Mm -hmm. He can't have things. He's always That's true. He's the things he wants are always getting. I mean, I, it's probably not that similar to the Bible story. He's not like racked with hives. He didn't lose all of his livestock, or his. Uh, but he is. He is troubled. Yeah. Well, he has that one moment of happiness with his dad playing catch in the prison, and then he gets shanked. Uh, yeah, you know what? The Job comparisons uh -huh. aren't going to work out. Here. It's not <laughs> jumping, jumping ship. I'm, I'm really, I'm really, or I'm when... really re grasping for straws here. Because it's it, like because when he's happy, he's so happy. Like when mm -hmm. he feels accepted, he feels like everything is right in the world. Like when he thinks Michael loves his CD, 
Yeah. It's oh, the yeah. happiest moment. And, and then when he oh, sees that he, that, yeah. he, that he never opened it, there's just this like utter devastation. Yeah. <laughs> Look at us crying like a couple of girls. Oh, you're the only one crying, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he enlists, um, he always loves having stuff to do and he always screws it up. Right. Yeah, he, With, wants, he always wants a task. He always wants yeah. someone... To want him to do something yeah. for them. And then, yeah, he fucks it up. When he enlists uh, George Michael to break into the records place. Oh, yeah. And he tells, and he's so proud of himself, and he tells, yeah. he tells George, he tells George, please oh, tells right. his yeah. father, and uh-huh. he's like, yeah, I didn't. And then, and then they have a strict no touching policy here, but. <laughs> so that's what Job means to me. Yeah. Is, it, is this just the, uh, the, the sincerity, the emotional sincerity? Yes. Oh, that's good. I like that. Because that comes across in your stand-up. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, what other questions do I have here? What do you think the world can learn from Joe Bluth? Same? Same? Yeah. Pro- <laughs> I just did a reference and I didn't even... Never mind. <laughs> what reference? Same. Same with it in the new season with Tony Wonder. Oh, when they're, right, right. <laughs> they're like trying to draw. This what stuff can out. the world learn from Joe Bluth? Um, I feel like out of all the podcasts you're going to do, this is going to be the dumbest answer <laughs> to this question. <laughs> I might even stop asking this question. I kind of think it's a little sacky. Sacky? Sad. Sure, sad no, that's a word. Sad, sacky? Is that hacky? I think is. It's a combination of sad and hacky. I've made it up. It's sacky. It's it's a new word. Coin. Copyright. Mm. Copyright We're right now. We're cutting this part out. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, sappy. Be yourself. You know what I mean? Joe's not afraid to be yourself. He's always... Are you kidding me? He's, well, meaning... He's so full of deception. Meaning, he's like... He's bad at it. When he, feel your feelings. When he... Like, the... Being a, a ridiculous magician like that. Yeah. Like, that that might... I can, I can see somebody, like, really wanting to do that. Uh, and stifling it because uh, they think other people think it's stupid. Their parents won't like it. Other people think it's stupid, and his parents don't like it. But he still does it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's still important to him. Obviously, that might be part of his personality where he he likes showing off and likes being the center of attention. Mm-hmm. But he's also he he just wants attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wants people to tell him he's good at something. Um, so follow your dreams. That's what we can learn. <laughs> well, he does always follow his dreams. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he has no fear when it comes to that. Goes to prison right. for his He gets married to to uh, Egg. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am not the real Jesus. <laughs> you know, he, he and he goes big with it all. He like goes super big and grandiose with all his stuff. The Franklin CD, right? And even when Franklin gets in the gets whitewashed, whitewashed. in the laundry, he still tries to do the act. Yeah, <laughs> he has no fear. He tries to get his his brothers and his son and his nephew to pretend to be his boyfriend to get into. It. <laughs> like, I mean, he's he also he, was a, a stripper for some time with the hot cops. With the hot, hot cops. cops, yeah, that's true. So he just uh, he goes for it. Yeah, he does. He 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 goes for it without. He just dives in. Mm-hmm. He makes he makes commitments to things he has no intention of being committed to. Right. No business being committed right. to. Marta, and then what was Amy Poehler's character's name? I don't think she ever had a name because he never knew her name. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. 
And they never had sex. They they oh they did, did later yeah at, after they the did divorce. at the uh, hearing to see whether or not they had sex. the annulment yeah, yeah. and so then it, bragged about it so then he's the character that most comedians probably relate to the most <laughs> probably yeah I think one well, I think in a way he's very easy to relate to for comics too because of the magic thing because he's because he goes all in with it he has this yeah. dream. Mm-hmm. He has this dream that no one else believes in. Like, yeah. even other people in his industry right. don't believe in it. Right. <laughs> like, and he is constantly being told, this is stupid. Like, he, in a way, he's he's a lot like Tobias as mm-hmm. well. Like, because right. Tobias has his yeah. acting dream right. that no one believes in. Right. Um, I mean, the difference is Job is, I guess, the, 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 confident the conceit version. is that he's probably good at it. Yeah. Right. Um, they imply that in really. certain in certain episodes where there he's are a like, couple, you know, I was thinking, I was trying to remember if if there's ever a the episode that goes well. That's the yacht one, the yacht, but he, but he which cheats is an accident, yeah, because he blows it up. But then um, the I watched this one last night, the one where uh, Marta becomes the legs, yeah, yeah, that one they, that's they, successful, and you know they you know imply I, that he killed, they imply yeah. that he right. killed that show, right, and, so. Uh, you were saying nobody believed in him. That's true, except every time he's doing a magic trick, Buster is so excited. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so Buster. Buster's Buster's the Buster's, which, by Buster's, the way, Buster is my favorite character really? on the but, show. So Buster's like that one family member that comedians have that believe in him. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. like really. <laughs> yeah, but he's the idiot. Like, <laughs> right. you know, well, he even just... Tobias, who has a similar dream, a performance-based dream that no one believes in. That scene where with the wedding in the new season, he you know he comes in, and he's just there to play the Roman centurion, mm-hmm. and he's just like well, there's a groom part. Like he has no, <laughs> he does not give a shit about Job's right. dream. He's not there to support Job at yeah. all. He's just he was cast <laughs> in the in the in the illusion. So yeah, no one except Buster. Buster believes in him. Um, well, you know what? And in the first season, it, I might... think they imply too that that George, that the father, no, believes in him. No, never. No, you're right. But I mean, look, thinking about it now, I might want to take back <laughs> what I said because it's either Buster is supportive of him or Buster just really is dumb and is like really <laughs> easily impressed. You know what I mean? I don't know what if if that was a well, joke. Well, Buster is super. He gets super excited. Right. Like, he's like Job, but as far as, like, that childlike glee. Yeah. Right. Like, he gets <laughs> he gets so into stuff. Right. When he talks about that episode where they're talking about fighting and how Buster's never been punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he just <laughs> runs into the fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and even when they're talking about it in the kitchen, he's like, I want to get punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I think it's easy for stand-ups to relate to, yeah. to Job because we kind of have to have this confidence about it, right? About what and we're also, doing. Uh, we're all super sensitive. Oh yeah, so it's like we, we cannot yeah. handle criticism. Nope. <laughs> and then, and then no, no one believes in us either. Sure. So you know, it's kind of except magic is stupid. Um, <laughs> Bold, I, I, controversial honestly, statement. I, I honestly wish. I actually love magic. I, I wish I, I could be awesome at it. Like I wish I could do like card tricks and stuff like that. Oh my I god, do, I would do yeah. it all the time if I could. You'd be so much fun at parties. Yeah. Did yeah. you see Now You See Me? Uh. Uh-uh. I want that, to. Oh, that new magic movie. movie? Yeah. No. Me neither. 
<laughs> Guys, let's all go. Like, apparently, everyone saw it though, right? Like it was number one in the box office the, the week last week when it came out. I guess so. I mean, but I haven't I don't talked to a single person who's it. seen it. Yeah, they're just trying to make magic cool. I mean, it's it like is after cool. Hunger Games came out, everybody got really into archery. Wait, you don't think that. like awesome, like really good? Not that like weird. You don't think theater like, of it, but like Neil Patrick Harris is cool. Isn't he the president of the Magic Castle now? Yeah. Yeah, he owns it. Yeah. I thought. Or maybe he just he, runs it. I don't, I don't know. know. Weird. Uh no. Good magic is amazing. I'm gonna stand yeah. by that statement. No, you're right. You're right. I, I like it. I just I just don't know why all magicians seem like total douchebags. Yeah. Their jokes I've are always never like really bad or met like a magician that I've not wanted to kick in the mouth. <laughs> Like, really, I mean, there's hacky ones, is all yeah, it is, true. right? Yeah, true, there's just, yeah. like, hacky well, magicians. You know the famous ones, like Copperfield, Chris Angel, David Blaine, they all just strike They're me hacky. as insufferable <laughs> pieces of shit. Sure. Like, but I think Neil Patrick Harris, I'm standing by my Neil Patrick Harris. Well, Neil Patrick Harris magic? is great. He yeah. does magic. He's, like, really good yeah. and very, like, charming and delightful and funny. Mm-hmm. That goes without saying. I really <laughs> am. But they all just, I don't know, which I think is a thing that, I didn't see the Burt Wonderstone movie either. No, but that. But see, looked, that was the same character. Yeah. I when that came out, I was like, they already did that character with Joe. Yeah. yeah. The, and they did it better, I'm sure. Yeah, I didn't see the movie, but I'm sure I yeah. am. Job is. Job is great. Mm. Perfect. <laughs> I didn't realize. I didn't I realize know. how much I related to Job until this conversation. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. I met a magician at an open mic at the Hollywood Hotel once, who was I like. Just, like a couple days ago. Yeah, he, he was that. he performs at the Magic Cat. He was like complaining about the open mic, and uh-huh. he's just like, "I'm a professional. Like oh, okay. I I perform well, for I a living. Don't like, like I, this guy. I do at the Magic Castle, and I just can't handle this like amateur kind of nonsense. And I'm just standing there like anybody's making him be there. Yeah. <laughs> you've, you've clearly been wearing the suit you're in for six days. Uh, <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you do a magic you're wearing trick a and take a shower? under your fedora hat. Um, you smell a little like Chinese food. I don't know what that's about. You're rocking a soul patch. Yeah, they do. That's the magician's, magicians love, fave. Like, love... 15 year old facial hair (laughs) (laughs) they are they're at least a decade behind on facial hair yeah at least yeah Um, the joke is terrible bad magic is much worse than bad comedy I feel but great magic is still awesome no I agree what about like old timey magicians like 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 if you yeah like if you saw like a vaudeville style magician it'd be well I love I love that kind of Stuff in general. I here's the thing that's not going to win me any friends. I love ventriloquism. I'm okay. leaving. I absolutely <laughs> love ventriloquism. Like Joe Dosh. Do you get to see? Jo- uh, never. Only I when he goes to Jeff Dunham shows. Get to see it. <laughs> well, okay. <sighs> I love old ventriloquism. Yeah. I love like the old stuff. Old like non racist you know, ventriloquism. Like Edgar Bergen. Yeah. And, and that stuff. I love it. I, Is there I, a place to see that stuff? Well, I don't it? know. Probably. What's the the Paley Center? Or the what doesn't matter. Um, Steve Allen Theater, maybe. It I don't feels know. <laughs> like there's a, enough of a resurgence of the like uh, Dust Bowl era of mm-hmm. history that Do I'm you... sure there are like cool hipster. Is there a Dust Bowl <laughs> resurgence? <laughs> well, everybody's yes. listening to bluegrass music. Yeah, again, yeah. So like it's, it's like a, I feel like I feel like there is. Well, did you see uh, Great and Powerful Oz? Uh, Oz, Oz the Great and Powerful. That no. let's talk about movies. No. Um, I. It wasn't good. It wasn't a good movie. Cool. I, I, I like. I saw it. I laughed a lot because yeah. I thought that James uh, Franco was hilarious in it because he 
so clearly didn't take it seriously. Oh, that's that, was that that Wizard of Oz? It was a Wizard of Oz prequel. Oh, but the, no, the opening scene in the movie is awesome because it's this, it's you know it's yeah. literally in the Dust Bowl. Yeah. And, uh, and James Franco yeah. plays Oz, this charlatan, mm-hmm. carny magician. Yeah. And it's great. Like I'm watching like this, those, and yeah. I'm like, this is cool. Like I want. I want America to sink into another horrifying depression, <laughs> and to bring back old vaudeville. And to bring magic. back that kind of stuff, like I will, I will do. I'll learn the trade. I'll be a ventriloquist. I'll I get know. a wagon. Really, if there was, why don't you? <laughs> have you ever tried it? Ventriloquism? Yeah. Oh, oh I tried, dude. I, I had a book on There's a, ventriloquism. There's literally a puppet next to you right now. In yeah. middle school. I would look at the <laughs> now it's catalog. Now it's not going to translate to a podcast, ventriloquism. <laughs> but I think you should do it for us right now. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm not going to. You have to wait for a uh, crippling the trick is... depression in order to have the boss <laughs> to do ventriloquism. Well, it's funny because... When I got into when I got really into ventriloquism was like middle school, which was the lowest point in my life. Like I was the most depressed, and I was just way into. It. Like I loved. I looked. I would like look. I love I that image. To- I love that image of a sad fourteen-year-old boy finding solace in ventriloquism. <laughs> Maybe there's a metaphor in there. Maybe it's because I didn't believe that my own voice had worth. Oh, so I <laughs> oh my god. These really shoddy handmade puppets. <laughs> like, that would be, I begged be my parents because you didn't have any. I begged my parents to buy me a venture. I could, that was my my Christmas. That was my number one thing I wanted for and Christmas. Did they, so not, dummy? Did they never that? they never got me one. That is so much sadder than anything I've said so far <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> they never got me one. And I had a book. I seriously, I had a book on ventriloquism. What kind of monsters wouldn't get their kid a fucking ventriloquist dummy, a sad 14-year-old? What'd they get you instead? I honestly think it was because my mom was creeped out by the whole She's trying idea. to discourage the, the dream. the whole thing probably just creeped her out. I, I don't know. I, if, if I ever have a kid, Which is the... I would fucking support any... If I would be so thrilled if my kid wanted to be a ventriloquist. Because <laughs> that's, Fuck. you know... Yes, let's go to the dummy store now. <laughs> it's like, how could you... That's... I mean, I don't want to pass judgment on your parents, even no, though my you, parents are great. you kind of I was did a on, shitty on kid my lack what... of a father, but... Uh... <laughs> Do you ever feel like you're a ventriloquist dummy and you're father's a ventriloquist no i've never <laughs> used that analogy either <laughs> you'd be a really bad therapist. oh god we are <laughs> i know i don't know why you even said that <laughs> just weird i just thought it was weird cool. elaborate analogy <laughs> um yeah well i i yeah my parents i was a shitty kid though like they my I, I was into a new thing every year. You know, oh, like, I yeah. was, like, I was one of that's, those kids that was, like... typical kids. They bought me an airbrush one year. Oh, wow. Because uh, I got really into airbrushing. <laughs> like, t-shirts? Like, on the yeah. boardwalk? I made, I made one... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, how do you get into airbrushing? I don't know. Well, I was an artist, and I thought that, yeah. like, airbrushing was the way to... I wanted to be a comic book artist. But isn't that your job as a parent? I'm, you know, I'm obviously idealizing because I've never had a kid. Uh... Isn't that your job as a parent to be like, yeah, fucking try, try this ridiculous yeah. thing you have in your mind and see if you like it? Yeah, well, yeah. and they, but the thing is, they did that for a lot of things. Yeah. And I feel like they by just, the time they, it got to ventriloquism, they, they were just the like, they were like, you know what? We're done with your no. weird faces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I had a, I had an airbrush. They bought me an airbrush one year, and I think I made one t shirt with it, and then I broke the airbrush. Like, I lost a piece of it. <laughs> I mean, that seems, that's 
I, I feel I, like that's forgivable for I'm a kid. sure it's How old still in their basement somewhere. I don't I don't know. This was probably actually the the airbrush thing was after the ventriloquism thing. What's so. another phase? I don't know. I don't I'm fascinated. Have I'm fascinated by these phases. Uh, I had a fencing phase. Did you really? Oh, yes. <laughs> Saber fencing phase. Are you good I, at fencing? I, I was actually pretty good at it. Do didn't you... didn't pursue it. At one at one point, I thought I was I was I was decent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I I was never very athletic, but you know, there's certain body types that are good for fences. <laughs> and it's been a long time since and I said that And sentence. you're rocking it. <laughs> I also think at one point the writers had Job as a fencer, maybe. Uh, that would make sense, too. Yeah. Are um, fencers a lot like that? Do you know Do you know a lot of... I know a fencer. I know a couple fencers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is something... I mean, I, th- I think a lot of athletes are arrogant, but there is something... Because it's almost like theater, too. You know what I mean? There's yeah. like a show of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, there were. And a lot it's of a thing that you'll that has no practical application right. in the real world. Not, like you're yeah, never not, going to get like into karate. a sword fight. <laughs> it's not like <laughs> it will never. I mean, ventriloquism ever... sometimes works. Tell me one practical situation <laughs> where you need your vent- okay. ventriloquism. <laughs> okay, if you're at a bar and you're a ventriloquist, if you're at a bar and you Go overhear, on. you overhear someone say their their name on their tab, right? And they're like, mm-hmm. okay, like Mc, it's under McKinney. Like is my yeah. yeah I got a tab open it's McKinney you know yeah and they're like okay here's your beer and then like you go up and you're like yeah can you get me uh, can I get these drinks oh yeah it's on McKinney's tab and then they're like the bartender's like uh, I don't know did he, he didn't say so and then you you do ventriloquism you throw your voice and be like yeah it's okay <laughs> so stealing drinks at a bar <laughs> is how you would. See, now I know why your parents didn't get it for you. you would just use it. going to use it for evil. <laughs> if you're going to have that power, you need to use it for good. And you got your eyes kind of glazed over when you were talking. So it's like so clearly that you've played that scenario out in your mind like a dozen times. <laughs> yeah, okay. There's no practical no. application. Um, what was the point? Oh, magic and Fencing Job and comedians. Let's <laughs> get back to that. Um,. I already asked what he's taught the world, and that's don't give up on your dreams. Where would you see the character? Uh, let's do that later. No, um, ask that. I... <coughs> Sorry. Wow, that was a loud cough. Where would you like see this character going now? Let's see, I thought you might ask that, and I started to give it some thought. And I, uh, where would you see Job? Yeah, like in five years. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, a lot of it would depend on what ends up with. He would still be doing magic, the though, family, right? Yes. Like he would, because that's his one constant. Yes. On Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> he would, yeah. He would put. He would always put himself in a position to be uh, to get adulation, so mm-hmm. pe- people could tell tell him they love him. Um. Yeah, I mean, but a lot of like. I would never see him making a living off of it. You know what I mean? I don't think he'll ever you don't be see, a successful he'd, he'd never magician. be successful. I don't think wow. so. Would he be back in the guild? No. I mean, I don't think he'll ever get back in the alliance. <laughs> the alliance. That's what um, magician's alliance. I want... I, that 
one of my favorite parts of the fourth season was that whole Tony Wonder thing about how they're interpreting they're interpreting friendship yeah, as, as, as romantic that's the only love. thing that makes uh, sense because yeah. they don't have friends. I that's what I want. <laughs> that's what I most want for Job. I want him to have some good friends that he trusts. You know what I mean? I I want him to be able to have those relationships. Do you think he's more likely to get that than successful yeah. magic? Uh probably but also that would be better for him you know what i mean that would be better for him well, as a person yeah. you know what i mean like because it was it was it meant so much to him you know what but I then mean? do you think that that would lead to success for him because then um, i'd say that i don't know but <laughs> personal success yes <laughs> relationship success yes that's 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 I mean, that's, like that's optimistic yeah. of you. i like that yeah would you hang out with job like if if I just met, if, let's say I never watched the show, rest of the let's like, say if that show didn't exist, if but I met sh- Joe. He was a real person. Let's say you were at the Hollywood Hotel, right? <laughs> no, and the yeah, magician no, came. no. <laughs> not a chance. There might, there might be, there might, like I said, like if you know, you know, a lot of like assholes are described as like, well, once you get to know them, you know what yeah. I mean. Uh, you would never be able to get through that initial insanity right. to want to get to know him, but. But I think under certain circumstances, you would be like, for example, with the, in the new season with the Mark Cherry stuff with Getaway, the, you know, where mm-hmm. he's basically the Johnny drama right. of the, um, the entourage. He, um, that would be a scenario I think at a bar. Like if you were at a bar, completely apropos of nothing, you just saw this dude like throwing a dead pigeon into a chick's purse. <laughs> I would immediately want to hang out with that. Yeah, that's that's true. like I would immediately that buy true. him a shot and there, be like you and me are fucking bros. That's true. There are situations <laughs> where Joe would be fun to yeah. me. Yeah. But then yeah, and beyond he, that. He would help you like if you need somebody to do something crazy, he would have no problem doing it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For the right for the right reason. I feel like the percentage of times where you could meet Job and find him charming are that's relatively true. it's maybe like fifteen <laughs> percent of the time yeah. he's charming. <laughs> So if I did meet him, yeah, I mean, it would be great to have someone like Job on your side, but yeah, I don't think anybody could break through that insanity. He's, he's probably a real. What about man in five fun. years when he's discovered? See, yes, who he is. like once he's cultivated <laughs> these these relationships and and uh, has maybe calmed down, isn't so um, defensive. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Isn't isn't uh, doesn't always feel like he has his back against the wall? Uh, maybe. Maybe he would, he would let down his guard and not be so, so arrogant and I like that awful. Um, would you trade places with Joe Bluth, like forever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it would be fun to like try out being Joe for like yeah. a week. You know what I mean? Just to like, you know, be off awful to people and. and <laughs> Say mean things to women. And... Also, don't you think it would be nice to trade places with him because of his how oblivious? He, like, wouldn't that yeah. be nice? That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it also like I, I noticed someone re- recently complaining about the gay jokes in Arrested Development to me, especially the new season. They were like, "Why? Yeah. Why? Why?" It's it's. But if you and some of it is a little off. Like the anus tart stuff is a little bit like. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay, on, guys. But. With Job, all of the like quasi homophobic shit going on with his storylines mm-hmm. is all him being oblivious to the right. fact that gay people are just regular people. Yeah. Right. 
Like right. and so he he like with the with the sucking George Michael's yeah, finger, yeah. the leather and the chains, yeah. like he it's it's all him yeah. being oblivious to how yeah. that is. Right. So, or the I forget what season it was, but when that new assistant in the office is like you know, he's like Oh, he's like sitting on sitting his chair. On the chair going back and forth. <laughs> like he just he just uh yeah, he's he's very uh, oblivious and, and um sincere I think it would saying. feel great to be that oblivious so it'd be yeah. fun to yeah but I mean your life what would, a relief I mean if you could ne- if you if always you didn't had know how much you were hurting other yeah. people <laughs> yeah destroying your own life yeah um but again we know people like that and, and yeah. th- it doesn't look it's funny as a character but it does not look pleasant to be like so unaware too mm-hmm. smart well it also does it also does <laughs> cause him a lot of grief his oblivious, mm-hmm. like because again he jumps into things he's not prepared for. Like right. that scene right. with with Marta where he you know he decides to commit to her because yeah. of you know he got stabbed and and like the person, yeah. you know mm-hmm. he's like I'm I, I know what's important now I'm gonna I was gonna break up with her but now I'm gonna commit to her and she comes in and she's like we're a family now and there's like that moment where mm-hmm. it's like okay immediately she leaves the room and immediately he's like I've made a huge mistake right. and, and it's like but he can't back out now yeah. because Let's he see, has that's, this that's the pride. that's the pride now of like yeah. well now I'm gonna see this thing yeah. and that causes him so much grief yeah. constantly he's also kind of paranoid as a result I think right like he has those moments where he, him yeah, or he thinks when he thinks Tony Wonder is trying to sabotage right. him and right that can't be too fun. No. As a life, no. But yeah. if you're that oblivious, either... you get over it pretty quick. That's true. But, yeah. like, I don't know what, like, a whole lifetime of that behavior <laughs> yeah. leads to. You know, Well, you I mean? just start taking the forget-me-now pills. <laughs> and then you're yeah. fine. Oh, there's so many things we're not going to be able to get to. Yeah. Well, we're actually almost out of time. I just I want to ask you one last question uh, on this subject of Joe Bluth. Is there a scene or an episode or a story arc that you feel is the defining, the essential Job Bluth? Hmm. Let me think. I think the sort of destiny stuff. Like that yeah. scene when he goes and buys the sword. Uh, he like walks in to get uh, tea so he won't come as fast, yeah. right? <laughs> and he goes in and then sees a sword and immediately just goes, sweet blade. And like, you know, first of all, who would who would talk like that about some sword in a tea shop? And he meant, you know, he meant it. He was really excited about it. Uh, and then... You know the uh, guy behind the counter like describes how like it's a sort of destiny. It's it's dangerous. You have to be careful. Yeah, just uh, wrapped up wrap up the sword with the dong tea. Please. Like, that whole scene <laughs> is so perfect. And what he does with the sword, he's like waving it around, yeah. and but also doesn't know how to use it. And he he puts it back in the sheath <laughs> and like clearly cuts himself. And, it's, <laughs> and at the end of that conversation, Michael's like, "You're you're bleeding on you. I don't know. My socks are wet." Like that <laughs> that whole sword thing, I think, is pretty. Pretty, pretty great. Pretty essential yeah. job defining. defining. <laughs> yeah. What about you? I just like certain lines. Like the there's certain moments. I mean, the the Marta thing I think really is to me the defining, Job, 
when when he decides, oh no, I need to commit to her, and then she, I've made a huge mistake. That to me is like my favorite. But it, there's also lines I love, mm-hmm. like when they're talking about taking the polygraph. Like Michael has to take a polygraph oh, test, yeah. um, and and Job is like yeah. he just feels left out. He's <laughs> like, well, I'll take the polygraph. And they're like, no, there's nothing to do with these. But but I'm the oldest. <laughs> That's his reasoning. Yeah. I also like uh, the, the the new season. They're mistaking friendship for romantic love. I really right. think that that's key. Yeah. Um, when he's the whole brother, the whole hermano. Yeah. Yeah. Thing yeah. with Marta and Michael when he keeps. I took four years of Spanish. I don't know why right. I know brother in French. Right. <laughs> and then and also that. Oh, go ahead. When he goes looking for the when he goes looking for Tio. Mm-hmm. On the side of the show, right. and the guy goes, "Come on, because you're gonna be in a coma." All right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line for some reason. It's amazing. And then also that scene uh, we were talking about earlier when he's staring into the camera of that guy, the hat camera. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. the animator. Yeah. Super yeah. all I've ever wanted. Yeah, super. Dave. Um, yeah. The catch. I like the catch just because I remember playing catch was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um. When he lets when he lets Buster take a shot at Marta, when okay. he's like when Buster's like oh, I got, yeah. I'm in love with her and he's like yeah sure go ahead right because <laughs> he's or, so like, again that's that confidence he's so not afraid of, right he's not intimidated by Buster right right oh yeah what's that it's line like, like why why would she wh- go from for prime rib when when why would she she's had prime rib why, why would she, she go from prime rib's little weird brother <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that and then probably my favorite line though is um. When George Michael's trying to find out whether or not he's related to maybe, and he asks, and he's you know he's really like stressed out about it, and he asks Job if Aunt Lindsay has ever been pregnant. And he goes, "Oh yeah, dozens." Of yeah, times. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. Just like his relationship with George Michael is so great. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Monica? I feel like my favorite is there's like that second episode when they set the banana stand on fire. It's like the second episode of the whole uh-huh. series, but the whole storyline with Job like insisting that he gets a job at the company, and so they're like, "Mail this." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Throws it, it into, into the, the ocean. ocean. <laughs> and then that like that ending where with the dove, where he like just flops the dove into the <laughs> right. ocean. That's my favorite Job moment. Of like like yeah. the second I saw that, I was like, oh. Because he's this guy. <laughs> he's still going through the theater of going to the ocean. Yeah, yeah like it's so funny. Drops well, it. and when when Michael gets injured, when um, Lucille tries to hit oh, yeah. Job, she thinks the guy's Job, and then when they figure out that yeah. it was Lucille that did it, that's a good moment between Michael and Job too, where Job actually and Job does he has these moments with Michael. Where he's like, no, you're my brother. Like, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. like you wouldn't hurt me. You're, yeah. Like, I also like it anytime a character on that show gets drunk, when two characters right. get drunk together. Oh, yeah. They're so against funny. another yeah. character. Um, but yeah, that's a Joe Blue. And, and his footwear is always great. Really enjoyable. Always. <laughs> always like open toed as much as possible. It's <laughs> a Birkenstocks. I like the banana grabber character. Uh-huh. Mr. Banana Grabber. Yeah. Right. Great. Um, I had something else to say about him, and I forgot. Cool. He always gets into these. Uh, he's got this competition too. Always, like mm-hmm. when when um, what's her name? Portrait of Rob. When Lindsay. Li- yeah, when yeah, Lindsay. 
when she steals, when she talks about shoplifting mm-hmm. from the store, and Job is just like, well, I'm the right illusionist. Right. In the yeah. family. Like, I'm, <laughs> you, what do you know about? I'm going to go in and steal stuff. That's Anyway, yeah, and we're just gonna... that, that's one where he has to employ George Michael's help, which with the mice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the G, I love the Jesus thing, the Jesus yeah. illusion, and the uh, on the cross when they roll him in. Yeah. I, the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, this is on the nose, this is too much. But I watched it again, and I was like, this is it's funny. My favorite, I'm not the real Jesus. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite job moment of the fourth season is when, uh, and mistakes his, you know, he jokingly saying, oh, yeah, marry me. And she thinks it's real. And then the whole family comes out and is, like, kissing him and hugging him. And they, he just, like, slowly lays down in the position of Jesus on the cross. <laughs> and you can only see half of his face as Simon and Garfunkel starts playing. It's, oh, yeah. I love that moment. Well, he, yeah. And he has all that connection. Like, he, it's, like, good on the one hand because he doesn't have a family that gives a shit about him. So... But then on the other hand, it's a bunch he, of obligations. It's a bunch of obligations, yeah. and he doesn't he want any part. It's right. like there's this yeah. di- that's like dichotomy there that right. I. That is uh, pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Andy's doing his ventriloquism right now. <laughs> that was uh, Monica. Move your mouth. <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay, that's all I've got for questions. I think we had a good. That was like an hour almost. There's probably stuff that we can cut. Like there's like dead, dead. Right, I don't know. You shooting for, shorter for an hour? Yeah, um, but what I want to do now is uh, I have a couple other ideas, and then you don't need to be here for one of the things. Um, Bye. So no, get out. No, but I want this. <laughs> I have this new thing that I want to try out. <coughs> Sorry. Um, I want to ask about a song. This is stupid. This is a dumb idea. Do we'll it. Don't, take don't a, panic take a, halfway Take through. a page from Job's book and just jump just in. Just jump in. Just commit Just commit to the illusion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a trick is a thing whores do for money. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> or cocaine. Or cocaine. Yeah. There's that. Um, I want to... I have a new idea where I want to also ask the guest about a song that helped them get through their adolescence. Like a song. If you can think of a so... song that helped you, like when the, you know that tough, turbulent time in your life. How are you going to relate? I'll definitely. It doesn't, it doesn't have to have anything to do with the character or any of this other stuff. Okay. It's just a, a little, little insight into just you. A, just a little, little... embarrassing. <laughs> um, it's gonna be third eye blind. <laughs> nope. I'll see your third <laughs> eye blind. So this segment is called Gang Vocals, and it's Devin Blake. Tell us about a song that uh, helps you get through your your turbulent adolescent years. Uh, well, Bright Eyes came along at a very interesting point in my life. <laughs> That's good. Um, that whole uh, Lifted album mm-hmm. meant a lot to me. Listen to it, listen to it. Was very uh, emotional when I would talk about him to other people because I had just discovered him. <laughs> and so I had to give everybody an earful. Because every song was written for you. For me, yeah. Um, and that also is something me and that girl bonded over. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Me and my ex bonded over Bright Eyes, too. Bright Eyes is a perfect uh, taking yourself too seriously and Mm -hmm. uh, giving too much importance to every little thing you think Which is at that time in your life, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, it meant a lot. Was, but was it was also, you know, it was also, so it was like, you know, being self-important and emotional and, yeah. and, uh, did you do that? Wanting, right? wanting to be heard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's, a, it's embarrassing for that, but it was also cool because that's when I started listening, like putting effort into what music I listened mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, got really into a bunch of other Saddle Creek bands like M Ward yeah. and, so uh, well, I find at that time too, like when you get, I mean, that's the music time, right? Like that's when you start getting into music mm-hmm. actively. But and also too, it's usually if you find that one band or that one song that like kind of awakens something in you, then it's like, oh, I need more, right, of this. Yeah, I need more of of this that makes me feel like I'm a person. Like, because I, I specifically mean like, like we the kind of song you would come home from school, and like put your headphones on, yeah. and just put it on, and and like. And just feel and, your feelings. Yeah, just feel your yeah. feelings and kind of readjust to living yeah. <laughs> and being a yeah. human being. Well, it's also because, yeah, you feel like that. I really like listening to things in headphones because you you feel like you're, it's just you and them, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so no, it's, so it feels exactly. Like they're singing they're, to you. they're yeah. talking specifically to you. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so it's like, yeah, it's this thing that you, that's why people. You know, when people are really possessive about their music and like, oh, they've sold out, it's annoying. But there is something sweet at the heart mm-hmm. of it because yeah. it's like, oh, this mm-hmm. meant a lot to me. Yeah, you know which is I mean? exactly how I feel about Bright Eyes' last album. It meant a lot to you? <laughs> no, People's Key. I just I thought it was garbage. Um, well, there was good songs, but I, I thought that it was over overproduced and it, it I don't know. Because I still so love Casadega. I even thought Casadega was a great album. I mean, it's going to be hard. I mean... I have started to think like maybe maybe his lyrics are a little heavy handed sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know what sometimes. I mean? yeah. Um, but when you're that earnest, you know, look at that point. Because that's another thing too is that when you're that young, you're at a point where an earnest P. Worrell, um <laughs> when that kind of like sincerity, when that sort of when that level of like everything is important, like you were saying, yeah, is a thing that helps you deal with mm-hmm. like wherever you're at and like whether you're a popular kid or an unpopular kid you're still having whether you're getting feelings, bullied yeah. or you're bullying people like it's still like a turbulent time your hormones are all crazy your emotions yeah. are all crazy you're not you're you're were a, you a monster were you a bully or bullied? i got bullied yeah like crazy yeah, <laughs> yeah it's oh, hard man. to feel sympathetic for bullies going home mm-hmm. and listening to bright eyes but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they did i think they went home and listened to like limp biscuit yeah. yeah they did but what did you what song specifically were you into from that album? Was there a specific song that really like? That's you know, the, the first. I don't know the name. That first song, you know, starts with them um, driving in the car. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got mad at me for chewing gum earlier. I'm still. I'm, it's a tip. He has been texting. The next for the guest past is here, and I have to text minutes. him. I, no, that's a lie. You're just lying. We haven't made eye contact this whole time. He's texting right now. Damn, ice cold. <laughs> I'm, Sorry. Hey, Devin, I'm listening. Thank you. I'm brother. listening. <laughs> um, that first song when they're uh, they're in the car and they're driving. And they're well, just, he, like, all of his albums up. like start with yeah. that long a, a intro weird, long of like recording. weird ambient yeah. sound yeah. or or somebody talking. Yeah. And then it goes into a song. But that was like I'd never heard anything like that. You know, I mean, Grant, my like I was saying, my. I didn't have any knowledge of music, yeah. really, on the first CD I bought, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> no. Yep. My grandparents <laughs> took me and my sisters out 
to like you know oh go pick out a cd like it was like a big event like pick out your first cd yeah. you know what i mean Aww. and i it was like on display and it was like the first thing i listened to so i was like oh, i'll give this a shot um it didn't <laughs> mean it didn't so mean as much to me. it wasn't as it wasn't as uh, uh poignant to me yeah. as bright eyes um but that first song because i'd never heard anything like that it was so and also very emotional so yeah. it's uh yeah it's uh i connected to it Good. it's like not an embarrassing one at all too no. like it's kind of know. a cool one okay well I like the uh the um it's one of the last songs the one that starts out with like can i get some goddamn timpani yeah that's great <laughs> that's a good one just because I like the suicide part of that, okay. song. Right. <laughs> I really like the the waking up. That makes you you cried, right? You cried listening to this to that album. Uh, yeah. If you didn't, yeah. you don't have a heart. Yeah, it's big time. Okay, good. Time. <laughs> but I cry a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Monica, do you have a song from that? Um, album. I mean, mine was a, no, I don't, I can't remember. Uh, I don't know song titles. Well, we're all. gonna have you on as a guest at some point, too, so we'll do it then. Okay, good. We'll get to a lot thing. of time to think of a cool one. All right. It won't be like Fiona Apple or some bullshit. Okay. Now I get it. I love Fiona Apple. I know, me too. <laughs> so much. <laughs> okay. I don't know how to finish this. How do we end this? How do we do, do this? Do it like that. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't know how to finish this, so... Well, that has been uh, that has been this episode of People We Know, uh, where our guest was Devin Blake. Our co-host was Monica Scott. Yeah. And we talked about the, we'll love the wonderful character from Arrested Development, Job Bluth, George Oscar Bluth. Thank, and, you, uh, thank you for having me, guys. Thank you for being on. Yeah. It was a fun time. Yeah, You're fun. good. <laughs> love both of you. All three of you. Okay. This is great. All four for concluding that puppet. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about the puppets. And the, oh, I could have done some ventriloquism. That's well, what I Monica was that saying. To to oh, that's, I was uh, like, there's literally a puppet next to your head. I, uh, you have get to get into it. Can you at least start uh, Silver Lake Lounge tonight? <gasps> Please. With a ventriloquism yeah. act. <laughs> and you can, you can give the, a little backstory and explain why you're doing it. I don't think I'll I be feel doing like that. everybody would really love it. <laughs> I don't think I'll be doing it. I'm not going to do that. I think at some well, point. Think, I'll think get, on it. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll just yeah. go out and get Consider a ventriloquism dummy. Yeah, and quit stand up. <laughs> quit stand up. I'll just investment. start doing that at stand up shows, <laughs> at open mics. I'll, that'll be my new thing. Great. I'll start going up. You gotta People set yourself will be apart. real worried. Yeah. <laughs> is Andy okay? He's, I saw him at. I I'm doing great, he, guys. Is Andy okay? He won't talk to us. He'll only talk to us through a dummy. <laughs> and a suit and a puppet. Oh, I love it. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's been another episode of People We Know. Tune in uh, next week. Hi, so that was fun uh, talking to Devin and Monica about Joe Bluth. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it uh, as much as I enjoyed uh, talking with my friends about that. And, uh, and yeah, Job is a very fascinating character. And uh, I'm sorry if we spoiled anything if you haven't yet watched the fourth season of Arrest Development. Uh, but you should. You absolutely should. I want to take this time now to plug a couple things. Uh, June 19th at uh, Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. I'll be performing at 10 o'clock in the main room with, um, with a few other comics. Uh, one of them, 
who I know and respect very dearly, uh, Matt Champagne. That's uh, June 19th, Flappers Comedy Club, main room, 10 o'clock, um, and it should be a really fun show. And in addition, every Thursday at the Lexington Bar downtown on East 3rd Street, you can come and check out the Street Cred Show that I co-produce with Leah Kajanian, Greg Edwards, and Fernando Ramos Sosa every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. at the Lexington. And if you're into uh, the open mic scene, come and check out the open mic at the Silver Lake Lounge every Sunday. Sign-up starts at 4.30. Show starts at 5 o'clock. We do anything goes. Music, comedy, poetry. It's a fun night. $7 PBR pitchers, and it's a great time. So one more time, thank you to Devin Blake. Thank you to Monica Scott. Thank you definitely to John Veron. Thank you for listening to the Hot Oral Podcast Network. And uh, thanks for joining us as we talk about people we know. Have a good day.